she came first time to visit us and that was her last trip before going she said i will be coming back you don't cry that was the end memories are so many how can i order them i do not know how to order them but she was a very caring and i i never thought that she is in law i just considered her as as mother and i have the same feeling with my son in law not because i have the feeling or philosophy but they they earned it so that i hesitate to say mother in law i feel very comfortable in saying mother so that that's how the relationship was and she felt to my knowledge comfortable argued with her she listened to me and that's how it was i was very happy when she came to see us On June 23, 1985, an Air India flight took off from Vancouver, Canada, and exploded about half an hour from its destination at London Heathrow. 329 people were killed. Debris fell off the West Cork coast of Ireland. Days after the tragedy, the Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney rang India's Prime Minister to offer his condolences for the loss of Indian lives. But these were Canadians. In one second, those bombs took from us enough members of our Indian immigrant community to leave us, the relatives and friends thousands of miles away, with shrapnel all over our bodies that we still struggle to remove. I was 12 at the time. Over the last 20 years, I have not known how to speak of this. This is my journey back, back home to Canada, to discover the story of my people. When I came to Canada I was uh, in my community I was the only Indian I saw I didn't see any Indian except a little bit far there was one of uh, my husband's uh, friend his wife she was newly wed and they came to visit us and I felt like whole India was with me because I left all my family and my family was very close knit and i was so used to be so scared in my apartment that the moment my husband would leave for work i will close whole windows and turn on the tv loud so that i feel secure and i will not go whole day out this was my routine and i will just listen to i will put my sometime tv off and put my mother's music because my mother was a musician so i will put her music on and listen whole day and that was my feeling like that i have family around me and slowly and slowly our circle really increased and there was a point when husband will call oh my wife is having this 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 she is vomiting whole day and i don't know what to do and i am at work so i'll go to her place and stay and cook for them and come home and they will do the same thing for us so this is kind of increased and slowly i 
I started knowing the children came and I will sew some clothes for them and show them where to shop and all these things. And we became a very good community. I lived in Montreal from 1967 to 77. And those days in Montreal, there were not many Indians. Now, some of them I knew very closely, like Mahesh Sharma. And we became friends. We were both singles in, in some respect. And later on, the intimacy became a lot. And when his wife came from India, I was probably the first non-relative person that she saw in Canada. And then her children and our children, they were same, almost same ages. And we were meeting every day, like that. Every week at least, we were meeting. I remember the parties and all the other children. We became for each other the extended family we missed and needed. We understood each other, could trust each other, and knew what it meant to be treated as foreign in our own countries. I was four when we moved to the western province of Alberta. There were not nearly as many Indians there. Still, we managed to find a few. Amongst them was my Usha auntie, whose mother, sister, and two nieces were on that plane. We decided to leave at uh, Montreal and uh, we came here in uh, Cold Lake and uh, after Cold Lake we came to Edmonton and when we came to Edmonton I was working and once in my work I met a lady and who looks to me like somebody I knew. And I started talking to her. I said, have I met you? And she said, no. And I said, I'm from Montreal. She said, my sister is in Montreal. And when she said her sister's name, I said, we know her. These two families, Usha auntie and her sister from Montreal, I knew we were very close because my parents were so excited over the visit. They made us come and play with those two daughters every chance they had. At 12 years old, I just thought these were new friends. It was only when I heard my mother tell that story that I realized how close this family was to them. I'm walking up to their house now. I come to visit whenever I'm home, like I do with all my aunties. They mean a lot to me. They're my family. But it's been a while since I've really had a look at this house. I have so many memories here. And yet the Irish landscape has really become so familiar to me. There's such big, old, beautiful trees out here in the front. This is an old street, part of the older neighbourhood. And the lawns in front are so wide and there's no walls between them. I really miss that. This is where I'm from, Canada. Not Toronto or Vancouver. This is Edmonton, Sherwood Park the prairies. We have loads of space. And we're on the prairie side of the Rocky Mountains. So the clouds don't really, they don't actually make it over the height of the mountains. And as a result, it's extremely dry here, so different from Ireland. And also, it's sunny almost every day of the year. We have these huge, beautiful blue skies. It could be minus 30 degrees outside and it'd still be sunny. Today the weather is just the same as it was then. It is the same time of year, June. 
And I would have come to this house even in that same week, the week before the crash, 20 years ago. I would have come to play with those two girls, Sandhya and Swati. This is the first time that I'm going to come and talk to Usha Auntie about that day and about what happened. I was very touched when I rang from Canada, from Ireland to say I was coming. I said, Shalini calling from Ireland and you said, do you remember what you said to me on the phone? I have a daughter in, in Ireland. Her name, she has the same name. She has the same name. Are you that? <laughs> and you own the whole of the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> you assumed it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big privilege as well as big responsibility. Do you remember, can you tell me more about the summer when your mum came? She would have come originally to Montreal to see your sister. She came to Montreal and then she came to uh, 22nd of April. She came here and uh, she was very happy to see us. And she said, I remember she said that you are very well established and all those things. She always wanted us to go back to India. So I said to her, I said, look, one day then I asked, look, now you are here. You saw the both sides of the world. And, and if you ask me, want me to go back to our family, we will go back right away. But think about our age too, because again we have to start it from the scratch. And I'm ready to go, if you will say, let's go back. We are going back right away. So she sat down uh, for a while, and after two minutes she answered, No, you stay here, you are well established. And actually, after seeing all those things, I will come back and live with you. That I want to go and see your sister, how she doing. Before I never talked about myself, but now I started a little bit sharing with my, at my workplace and all those places, a little bit. I never ever opened my heart to anyone, but now I started opening. And I was going almost twice a week and she was coming and we were visiting almost, you know, every but day before the flight, the mother and this whole family was having supper at our place that evening. And she was just, I used to do lots of uh, crafts and things and her mother does uh, did that too. And she was admiring everything I was doing in my house. So I said, you know, pick one thing and I will give it to you and you take it with you. And she said, no, no, it will be too heavy and this and that. So I picked up a flat plate which I hand painted a ceramic plate and she loved it and I said this won't take much time, much space and I used to call like my mother the way my friend used to call her. And then we talked and had a really good talk and then they left. We were sleeping at that time in the morning. Uh, actually my older daughter was gone for the camping with her friend and we didn't know where she was staying so then we told her that you keep in touch and she told my mom too that I'm going so my mother said 
you tell me everything what happened how did you enjoy and ben and all those places because we took her my mother was gone see all those places so my daughter was gone and she said okay you write me everything what you saw and all those things so in the night time the same same day we were up to 1 o'clock me and my husband and my younger daughter we were all talking it was raining so hard that night unbelievable so we were just oh look at the storm is coming and then i said oh the plane will be at that such and such place the time and we did not we were just talking and talking about about the plane and the mother and the nieces and the, all those things and my family talked and then near about 2 or 3 o'clock when we went to sleep around and exactly at that time when we were thinking about talk, at that time this accident happened exactly and when we woke up my brother in law he phoned and he told us so hardly we have a one or two hours sleep that night and he told us and we couldn't believe that it happened he told us that this plane burst out and no one is alive then we sat down here and watching tv and and then ready to go to identify the bodies that's all and just about a day later in the morning i got a call from the friend in Edmonton and her younger daughter called me and she was just shaking on the on the phone and i picked up and i said hi how are you usual my perkiness and i was saying how are things going and your grandma laughed and your aunt laughed and all those things and she says auntie everything is finished and she said it in in hindi and she said everything is gone i said what do you mean by gone i was not catching because i didn't hear the news in the morning or anything and i said what happened you tell me she said everything is gone and she didn't have the words or courage or any breath to tell me that there has been an accident and i was not in a frame of mind to catch that so i kept on saying what do you mean by everything is gone who uh, then she said everybody is gone i said what do you mean by everybody is gone it can't be true what is how can everybody is gone she said then she said didn't you hear in the news i said what news she said that air india plane crashed in cork island and not a single survivor and i said what But I can't believe that day. I still can't believe that day. And at that point, all I was thinking about that: how can one family lose four members of their family in one second? I was just shocked. I said, "How is your mom doing?" She said, "Not very good." I said, "I am coming right now." I was. just i just woke up i just took the car my husband uh, came in and we locked the door and we just went to visit them and spend the time with them and they were sitting without like no emotion motionless like a stones they were sitting on their chair and when i came they didn't even budge and move 
they were just looking to me like a blank eyes as if somebody had just freezed them into time time capsule they have they were just frozen looking white i couldn't even recognize these are the same people when i woke up that day and i heard the news i thought I didn't feel anything i thought maybe i didn't feel because i didn't love them but now i know i was in the trance in the trauma so for six months i even didn't cry nothing we went there and we did not know what to do and then mukta was away she was camping near banf and so we took the our role was to see how we can provide help to the people who are suffering so the first assignment was for us to trace mukta and we called so many places and the police and the police generally they say you know we will take time and they are here or there or there but we went uh, tried and tried and finally um, i think it took us about 2 3 hours that we were able to connect with mukta my older daughter she heard on the radio so her friends said look at this is our grandma explain she phoned and she drove all up the night 12 hours i think 12 hours she drove all up the night and in the morning she came around next day around 5 o'clock quietly and then she gave me a hug and didn't cry nothing and then she started supporting us she was the favorite one she was always saying you are not my mother my mother is she my grandma is my mom you are not you are my sister <laughs> then then mrs sharma was going to ask to cork to see if there was anything left and we took them mr and mrs sharma we took them to the airport and uh, she had no energy at that time so we were trying to even a little handbag they were not able to carry so we were trying to provide them as much strength as possible and so we felt as if our own relation was going i was in canada and knew nothing about ireland when i met my irish husband So when I was coming to visit for the first time, he asked me if there was anywhere I wanted to see. Well, for me there was just one place, the memorial site of the Erin Dia disaster. He said to me, "Where's that?" and I said, "Off the coast of Ireland." That's how little I knew that there might be more than one coast off Ireland, or indeed that this new country I was moving to was an island. But we found it in Akista, West Cork, and that was the first place I went. This memorial wasn't built until a year after Ushanti came to first identify the bodies. I can't imagine what that must have been like, but she remembers it like it was yesterday. That was the most hard part to identify the bodies, and it never ever goes out of my mind. It's a kind of nightmare, and I was alone at that time. They they were asking us, "What do you need?" 
they were right beside me standing and supporting me emotionally and very gentle people and one day i remember usually i never take any drink or anything but for near about for four or five nights i couldn't able to sleep so i was sitting in my room alone so i went down stair and i sat down in the lobby hotel lobby and thinking what's coming up next what's coming up next and then i thought well then i asked for a very small drink with one boy and that boy was not even now i think he was not even a, supposed to do the things but he left his work he was cleaning up and all those things and he came very politely and gave me one little drink and sat down and he said everything will be fine very nicely and then he became busy in his own work and then afterwards i went up stairs tried to sleep but still i couldn't able to sleep and i was surprised at that time when the they were having a service it was in the church attached with the hospital and the service was going on and then so some people i don't know who were the people they started talking about how come it's a christian and the hindus and i said then there was one nun was standing right beside me and i said why they are talking about the christian and the hinduism this time this is not the time to talk about it is there is only one god or two gods or three gods how many gods are there everyone says one god so that's the way we are going there to pray that's the praying place and that that was a very that she looked at me and then she came to me and i don't know what happened i didn't know i was sitting there they called me in the front and they and they asked me to give the bread to everyone when i was gone there so i don't know they were really good people very good they they did the prayer in a, in every religion they christian muslim and hinduism in every way they did the prayer and they did an excellent job and they did in everything they asked her to give the bread, bread oh yeah, yeah to, to each people and the people don't touch it you directly put in the mouth yeah. and in so basket, they yeah everything. and so far i know that that's the body of jesus no they they chose me at that time so that, what an honor <laughs> i even did not know it why did they choose me <laughs> we are told that the bomb was planted by sikh fundamentalists looking for revenge against the indian government it would be 10 years before the canadian authorities would start an investigation and 10 more before we would have a trial this year in march two people charged with participation in the bombings were acquitted of the charges they tell us there wasn't enough evidence within the hour the canadian government made a statement that no inquiry would be held we are told that nothing new is to be learned but for the relatives of the victims very few answers have been given 
leaving a 20-year-old wound open with little hope of healing. As a result, the 20th anniversary memorial service in Akista, always an important occasion, has become big news in Canada, with eight television film crews following the Prime Minister over. Adding a bit on to it as the day goes on. After they're promising us that there'll be nothing added on from Friday. How many people are they expecting tomorrow? A thousand. A thousand? Yeah, yeah. And President McAleese is coming. Yeah. Do you remember this when it happened? I do. How old were you? I was 12. 12? Yeah. And I'm originally from Canada. I was oh, yeah. in Most of them were from Canadian, 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 Canadians, weren't they? Yeah. Going home. Yes, yeah. to visit and taking back people like myself, yeah. children to visit grandparents. That yeah. kind of thing. It's very sad, isn't it? Uh, a friend of mine who's actually on air traffic control in uh, in Shannon. He was actually his his buddy was on that day, and uh, and just one dot just went from the screen, you know. You know, there was, I think it was three that was on his uh, tracking at the time at different altitudes and something, one went and that was it, you know. It's an awful thing just to see something, you know. Gia Yeeve, Akarja, Agus Falcho Kreeliv, so called special Agustaru Lesha. Family members of those who died on this dreadful day 20 years ago, you're welcome here. Prime Minister, Mr. Martin, you and your wife are very welcome among us. We welcome you all on this very, very, very special day, a day when Ireland offers once again to each and every one of you her heartfelt sorrow knowing as we do that we stand here in sadness and solidarity. Today, but for some, the pain and the grief sons and daughters are remembered. Fathers, mothers, relatives, cherished friends, all lost aboard Air India Flight 182. We are not naive. We are not ignorant of the world and its sorrows. But this act of evil defies comprehension. It was an unimaginable loss. It was your loss. It was the nation's loss. Make no mistake, the flight may have been Air India's. It may have taken place off the coast of Ireland. But in so many ways, this is a Canadian tragedy. For those of you who lost the ones you loved, an instant of hate has bought brought an eternity of pain. Alongside the majesty of this ocean, we all search for understanding, but it doesn't come. For the first time, we are granted recognition that this was a Canadian loss, but answers do not come. What do victims need? The world over, we need to tell our stories. We need to be heard and acknowledged. I know this from my experience as a counsellor. 
The most profound healing can occur when we are heard truly and completely and in an atmosphere of acceptance and connection. That's what we need. That's what we cry out for. The more the facts are suppressed, the greater that pain has become. The families are asking for an inquiry to know the whole story so that they can then tell it for themselves. That has been your unwelcome companion for almost 20 years now. Across these waters, back home in Canada, today is a national day of mourning. I really don't know what to say. Um, it has been 20 years that I've lived with this, and we've all lived with this. Um, I just start to read a quote and add a few words at the end. Sometimes it seems like the world is crumbling around us, and we just can't go on. But those are the times we must most need to look to the future, to hold on to our faith and our hope and to each other. One of the hardest things to accept is the realization that things make no sense to us now. They haven't made sense for the last 20 years. They may never make any sense, but our lives have to go on anyway. With no explanations and no apologies that we somehow survived the changes that have been thrust upon us. We even managed to grow, but nothing grows without rain. So when it begins to pour, let it flow. Be that within us or the world around us. And when the storm does pass, let it go. Be kind to yourself. Ask for what you need. We're not alone. We're all here together. I'll just add a few words. Um, this place is obviously very solemn for us and solemn for us. Um, but out of it, we can't forget that uh, we've made some friendships and some love. The Irish people um, opened their arms to us when no other country, the other countries involved, pushed us away. And we honor the memories of all of our loved ones that we've lost by living a good life, living a peaceful life, sharing joy and warmth with everyone around us, with everyone we meet. That's how we honor our lives. And we ask those around us that we know to honor those we've lost as well, and those leaders uh, standing with us here today, that they must not forget that they have responsibility to seek truth and justice for all the innocent souls that were lost in this plane. Thank you very much. To, to get some, some peace of mind, because if you do not have any visual contact, then all the imagination moves in. Yes. If you don't have the facts, this is an age-old thing, yes. then the imagination and other thing moves in. I did not have any idea, so all those things were this, like I was imagining that how, what will happen to, to a body coming from 31,000 feet, it will come into pieces. And a, a person who dragged the first body from water, I met him, and he was saying that the body was so oily or greased, he doesn't know how, that it slipped from his hand twice. And he was the first one, fireman or rescue worker. I will show him if I see. 
He said it slipped from his hand. I said, you must have nightmares. And then I said that Usha didn't tell me, but she must have, when she identified the body, no body was in the shape that you have seen all of your life. Half of the parts were curved. It's a massive weight coming with a massive air resistance. So coming to this place, there is some, some resolution to those things. Some people say that if it hadn't been Indians on the plane, if it had been white Canadians, that more effort would have been made to find out what had happened. Uh, that is certainly true. That is certainly true. Even though in, in present age we say human rights and every, everyone is equal, but there is, a, there is a law. The same law is interpreted differently for one group of people and it is interpreted differently for another group of people. And so that is definitely the case. If, if it were white people all, definitely within six months they would have, have caught. And so with all that kind of information available in the science, it, 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 is in, it is ridiculous to say that in 20 years or even in five years, they were not able to find out who it was, who was involved and what happened. So the blame is somewhere else. I think the first time that I understood the magnitude of the crash, the, the greatness of the event was shortly after I can't remember if it was days or weeks or months afterwards and I think you were doing some organizing in the house moving things around and you were moving some albums and you sat down at the dining room table and you started opening the albums and the number of people in our albums that you knew related to that crash I think that's the first time that I really grasped that the magnitude of this event for us for this community can you take me through the albums? Um, here I'm having a birthday party of your older sister and uh, you were only two months old at that time. And I, was, uh, I came from hospital and only thing I had in my mind that I got to do a birthday party so I can see all my friends and families there. So this is what we had all kinds of food made and everybody is there. And whenever we had party, it was not like only children, the parents also came. So for all our parties, whole family was invited. This is uh, the lady, she went with her two girls and they are gone. And this is the lady I was talking about whose husband went with her two children and her husband's two children were here. They were all gone. And so now her husband's to chill. Uh, Going through the albums again with my mum, I realized for the first time that not only did we know numerous people killed that day, but it was only chance that we didn't travel on that plane ourselves, for we had made that journey many times before. 
Chills run up my spine at the thought. That's the difference between being 12 years old and having grown up. When you're 12, you protect yourself from the thought of your own mortality. The hurt is still there. Even though they got married and they have children, they still keep on, you know, every day remembering all the children and the wife. For those of us who immigrate, traveling is not a luxury, but a social and emotional need. We must see our families. We must return home. And as I'm coming home to Ireland now, I'm noticing for the first time how full this plane is of children. Twenty complete families were lost that day. There were at least 80 people under the age of 12. But now, having gone home to talk about it, I know much more than the facts. I have discovered what lies in the hearts of my people. But I think in my way, when the Air India official getting the threatening call, this thing will happen. Why did they fly the plane without doing the proper investigation? Doesn't matter it was a Canadian government or Indian government. When you are getting these kind of threatening calls, you should investigate and make sure that everything is fine. It is essential to wear your seatbelt at all times while seated. To fasten the seatbelt, insert the metal clip into the buckle. To tighten it around your hips, pull on the strap. To release the seatbelt, lift the upper portion of the buckle. That's the only one thing I feel bad that I never, I did not stay for the cremation for my mother and the nieces. Yeah. That took place in Ireland, did it? Yeah, I couldn't able to stay. My brother-in-law's brother, he stayed there and he did all those rituals because I had to go back to India right away to support my sisters. And that's why everyone is so afraid to come to Canada to visit us now. <laughs> they don't want to come. <laughs> they are scared. <laughs> How do you feel your family has recovered or moved forward in the last 20 years? Mm, did not move forward. As I was saying that my wife, when you were interviewing, Still, the the tears were rolling from her eyes, and her voice was uh, trembling or or quivering, whatever is the word. Any time anyone mentions those feelings, are sitting there, look for the opportunity, and grab her balance. Every time. So she was right that every time this letter comes, this thing, that thing we are doing, we want justice, we want this thing. Everything is a poke to upset the balance of her equilibrium. And I, I cannot stop it and I don't want to stop. And even to you, she was saying, I will put the cap on it. She didn't say it will be dissolved or it will be absolved or it will disappear. She has to put a cap so so the wound is there. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, you said how we will handle it. I think it's a process of self growth or self handling. How I I resolve my own conflicts or my own sufferings. No one else. I, I cannot give you a pill that you take it. Shalni and everything will be okay. Uh, yeah, some uh, drug people may have those pills, but we don't. 